Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. The Lord is, um, I'm happy to do this, although I'm uncomfortable. Um, The Lord's asking me to do something I'm uncomfortable with this morning. And um, do you remember the story where David was going to go fight Goliath? And do you remember how Saul tried to give him his armor and then he tried it out and he said, no, I'm not used to this. Like it's untested. Do you remember that? So I wrestled with the Lord this morning for a long, long time. And I kept telling the Lord, um, I need to prepare for the message. (laughs) And then finally, the Lord very clearly showed me, I am preparing you for the message. And I was like, okay. Um, But um, I have no notes, and that's not normal for me. Um, I I typically like to, that nothing is more spiritual than than a different. It's just what you're used to, like how you're used to going into battle. Well, I'm used to going into battle with, with a little skeleton outline on paper, but the Lord changed um, what he wanted to communicate to you this morning. And um, it's funny, I wrestled with him not because he's not capable of communicating it. Um, I wrestled with him because of my immaturity, and it just took me quite a long time to figure out, oh, the Lord is changing what he wants to say. So, yeah, so if you're taking notes, it's still the same title that I gave you, but we're going to come at it from a completely different perspective. So, so the title for the day is, is Work With Me. So, so far we've looked at this week, Come To Me. That's his call for the North American church. And then, um, what was yesterday? Stay With Me. Yeah, and then today, Work With Me. And this is such incredibly good news, guys. Um, incredibly good news. The living God, the captain of the army of the Lord, um, wants to work with you. He's inviting you into his, not just to be on your way to heaven. I mean, he wants that. I want that. But he's inviting you to be a warrior. And he wants to work with you, the captain of the army of the Lord. I almost did it this morning. I'm just warning you. I almost did it. When Warren, when Warren said, the commander of the army of the Lord, I, I, almost, I almost couldn't hold back, but just go, Whoa! I mean, there's, he's so amazing. And he is marching forward in North America in our day, and he's inviting anybody who wants to be part of the victories to come along. But there are things, like it keeps ringing in my head, the phrase that Warren read yesterday, um, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Right? There's a choice that you have to make this morning. You, right? You. This message is from God for you. There's a choice that you have to make this morning. And that will determine... um, how you're used in the, in the battle. Um, David Dixon Jr., I know, I know nobody, likes to, nobody likes to be highlighted in front of everybody, um, but how, how long ago was it in your home, you, you and Tori's home, when um, you said, hey, we'd like to, we'd like to have a, a question and answer time on Saturday night, and I wrestled over it, you know, and then I came to you kind of sheepishly, and, and, and I said, I feel like the Lord gave me a message, is it okay if we don't do question and answer time? Like, is it okay if we, if we just give God's message? And you said, yep, whatever. And I love this. I love this kind of leadership. You said, uh, yeah, whatever God wants, 
Um, how long ago was that? Do you know? How many years? Okay. Yeah. It's more than four. Okay. Okay. Anyways. Anyways, my point is, um, is we were all there, right? We were all there. And, and what you guys did that night, and there were many people here that were there. Justin, were you there? I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, forgive my brain. Um, I don't remember, honestly. But there are many people here that were there. And what you guys did was you put away your idols. You, you recognized that we're idolaters before God. And, and if we don't deal with that, then um, there's really no going forward with the Lord. We'll be disqualified, right? The New Testament verbiage would be a clean vessel useful to the master. And, um, and again, nobody likes to be held up as an example. Um, but Claremont, the fruit that you see, I mean, it's not a perfect assembly. I don't even go there. <laughs> and I know it's, it's far from a perfect assembly. But the fruit that you see, the zeal that you see, the people that are, are farther down the road than they were at that point, um, the maturity, like all of that, it comes as a result of those moments and those decisions. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, the Lord wants to work with you, but he needs to do a work in this, in this little circle this morning. Um, and he's inviting you to, uh, I mean, God help me. Uh, um, he's inviting you to what is so great a privilege, it's hard to imagine a greater privilege. The commander of the army of the Lord. I'd like to work with, with you. I'd like to work with you. I'd like you to be one of my warriors. I'd like you to be so fruitful that you can barely stand it, and you just couldn't imagine how much fruit. This is all John 15. It's all what we looked at yesterday. Abide in the vine and you'll bear much fruit. So he's inviting you. Um, First Chronicles 28. Uh, go to First Chronicles 28 if you would. I'm going to pause to pray. Lord, um, please help us. Uh, I'm a I'm a weak I'm a weak little man. Um, maybe this goes without saying, but there's no possible way that we can accomplish what needs to be accomplished in this room without you. And just like we looked at in the first hour, you made them walk for eight to ten miles um, to, sh- to bring them to the end of their own strength, to show them that the victory was not in the strength of the legs of the army. Uh, the victory came from the Lord. And in that same way, we want victory this morning, and we confess in your presence that we need you for that victory. In Christ's name, amen. So 1 Chronicles 28, um, the young people got a little preview of this on, on Monday night. Um, the, Lord, uh, the Lord showed me this passage um, on May 27th of this year, May 27th of, of 2021, and I wrote it down. Um, he actually showed me this is for you, Scott, and, but you'll, I think you'll all clearly see that this is for the people of God as a whole. Um, but on that morning, he showed me it was a promise that I could personally claim in the presence of God. So First Chronicles 28 in verse number 9. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart. So, so um, yeah, Claremont Bible Chapel. Um, 
Like this is kind of where we are now. Where we are back then was like a whole generation of people had to recognize their idolatry and put that away. And then where we are now, boy, there's so many fervent servants of God at Claremont Bible Chapel. Um, and I thank God for that. Every victory is God's victory, right? So anytime we see victory, we say, oh, that's God's victory. Praise God. And kind of where we are now, at least this is how I would summarize it. This is how I would summarize my own life. As for you, my son Solomon, know God. Serve him with a loyal heart. I love that. Know God. Serve him with a loyal heart. And then, and then go on. Verse 10. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. So on May 27th, in the wee hours of the morning, the Lord showed me this, and it was such a comfort to my soul. Um, what has been set before us is um, the reaching of North America afresh with the gospel of Jesus Christ in the next generation. Uh, the viewing of North America as a mission field. 570 million souls on the North American continent that need to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. 348 unreached people groups from around the world live in the United States and Canada. Is that shocking? It is to me. 348 unreached people groups from around the world have come to the United States and Canada. They're immigrants, and they're here. There's one of them that lives in our backyard. The Northern Chitino people, the Zapotec people, Dan Williams would know way more. If you want to ask him, he would know way more about this than me. But they're right there. 2,000 of them are right there in our community. They come from an unreached tribe in Mexico. Now the Lord put them in our backyard. Why do you think they're there? It's so that they can be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Lord loves them. And perhaps, I mean, I'm not smart enough to know this definitively, but perhaps because we weren't willing to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, the Lord sent the world to North America. Maybe they'll do it. Maybe they'll do it uh, if I send the world to them. Uh, the weakest part of my Christian life, in my estimation, I certainly don't see myself as accurately as the Lord does, but the weakest part of my Christian life, in my estimation, is personal evangelism. Lynn and I have always thought it was kind of crazy that the Lord, we knew what the Lord was preparing us for to send us out. You could call it pioneer missions if you wanted to. Um, and we always felt like this kind of crazy. Like we're just so feeble. We're so little. I mean, there's like a billion more Christians that would be more suited for this work than us. But the, the victory does not come from the strength in the legs of men. The victory comes from the Lord. And Gideon shows us that. Jericho shows us that. The Jerichos of our day are going to fall under Christ's leadership, and he's inviting you to work with him. Notice the phrase in the text, consider now, for the Lord has chosen you. I have that underlined in my Bible. Uh, if you want a New Testament way to understand that, Ephesians 2.10, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. This would be written to believers. So every believer, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You're chosen. Every believer is chosen. 
The only thing that's holding you back is you. You're being invited by God to be a warrior, a fruitful warrior in the next generation. He wants to work with you. You don't have to be awesome. He built you perfectly. He made you exactly how he wanted to make you. We remind, our, our, we remind, um, this, we remind ourselves of this all the time. I've been perfectly built by God because I feel so little. But every believer here, you're perfectly built by God for his purposes. You're perfectly spiritually gifted by God for his purposes. And he's inviting you. But there are things that have to happen in order for you to go forward. So consider now, for the Lord has chosen you. And then look at verse 20. David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. If you're taking notes, please jot down the phrase, The presence of Christ is victory. The only way to fail moving forward is to let some things come between your soul and the Savior and to live in that state. That's how you fail. Living a compromised, hindered Christian life. That's how you fail. Success is the presence of Christ. Intimacy with Christ. Intimacy, proximity, love relationship. This is why God is stressing this so much in our day and age because he's preparing the church to march forward under his banner with the victories that he already has planned out in his perfect, limitless mind. So he will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work. I told Lynn a while back, I want this on a plaque. Um, I'm not asking someone to do this for me. I have a very specific way that I want it <laughs> on a plaque that I'm, not, that I'm not sharing. I'm not inviting someone to do this, but I want this. I don't want to be too bold, but this may turn into my life verses for the rest of my life. Again, I don't want to be too bold, but this may turn into that. Know God, serve him with a loyal heart. The Lord has chosen you. He will never leave you until all the work is finished. For such a little man like me, with a continental-sized work in front of us, I need encouragement. I need those promises. And the Lord is so kind and he's so gracious to give those promises. He's never going to leave a warrior um, until all the work is finished. Yeah, again, Hebrews 13.5, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Yeah, praise God. Okay, go to John chapter 5 if you would. John chapter 5. I want to take the time to read a few verses here. And I'm just going to trust the Lord to accomplish his perfect purposes. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. The Jews went up to Jerusalem. This is John 5.1. Now there is in, in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For the angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. That's so important. Let's read that again. Verse 5. 
Now a certain man was there. There are certain people here. And I know that because God wouldn't let me out of this verse this morning. So there are certain people here, and God wants to heal you. You're just like the man in the story. A certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. You've been suffering for long enough, don't you think? Will you let the Lord heal you today? When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? And so I ask you, on behalf of the second member of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, I ask you the same exact question today. Do you want to be made well? I might even put it a different way. Are you willing to? to let the Lord make you well. Dan, would you come down here? If you haven't met him, this is Dan Williams. Uh, He's my best friend. Uh, This year is our 32nd anniversary of being best friends. Um, We, uh, we, I love, I love Dan. Love you too. Um, we met at Bible camp uh, five years before we became best friends. Um, and uh, a number of years ago, he was, um, he was uh, spiritually sick, right? Yeah. And, um, and uh, people could see it, right? And I think you could see it too, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. He was a full-time servant of the Lord, and he basically was at the point where he thought, something's got to change or like I'm not going to survive. Like I'm going to keep, I'm going to not be able to keep going in service for the Lord. I invited him to the North American week of prayer. Uh, you sit and pray for a week. And, um, and he, and he told me uh, year one, he told me, um, I can't, I'm way too busy. And I knew what he was saying. Uh, translated through best friend terminology that sounds like the most miserable thing that I could possibly imagine. <laughs> like, I cannot fathom praying for a week. I cannot fathom that, right? And, um, and so I said, okay. And then the next year, year two, like the Lord did wonders year one. And then the next year, year two, um, I invited Dan because I love him. And, um, and he said, I'm way too busy. I'm like, okay. Love you, bro. And then um, year three, uh, invited him, and he was miserable enough in his Christian walk that he thought, I need something. Spiritual men in his life were, were saying, go to a Bible conference, hear Bible teaching. Um, that's what you need. Get filled up with the Word of God. But the Spirit of God showed him, no, you need to sit at my feet. Uh, go to the North American Week of Prayer. And so, and so he came. Uh, the week before the North American Week of Prayer, I still have this on my phone. I sat in my office with tears on my face. I said, Lord, my, my friend, my friend Dan. And that's about all I could get out of my mouth. And the Lord, um, uh, he showed me in prayer. And I have this written down. I'll work in Dan's life. I said, okay. 
And um, he came to the North American Week of Prayer Monday, uh, felt completely out of place. What am I doing here? Tuesday, same thing. Wednesday, uh, it was when a Northern Irishman was speaking on Wednesday night um, that the Lord reached down out of the heavens and did a work in Dan's life. He saved him. Uh, not heaven and hell. That's, that's past tense salvation. We're talking present tense salvation. He saved him from a life of, of activity that didn't come from intimacy. A life of not abiding in the vine, John 15. Dan didn't understand it all. Nobody understood it all, but the Lord did. And he reached down out of the heavens and he changed Dan's life in a moment. It's just like the story that we're reading. Do you want to be made well? And when the Lord brought Dan to the place where he was willing to let the Lord heal him, he reached out and he healed you, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Wow. And Dan will never be the same because of that. <sighs> yeah, thank you. I love you. And so, um, so John chapter 5, uh, he says, A certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. The Lord sees you in your carnal Christian state, and, um, and he wants to do a work in your life. And if there are unbelievers here, um, man, don't wait another second. I mean, call upon the name of the Lord and be saved right now. He who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Um, but, but really, my focus this morning is is spiritually sick people that they they don't even maybe recognize that there's a work that God needs to do in their life. And it's a work of preparation so that you can fight the good fight of faith and wage the good warfare the way that the Lord longs for you to. So do you you want to be made well this morning? Um, I don't know how else to say it, so I guess I'll just leave it at that. The Lord Jesus is willing to heal you. You know, I think one thing that can hold people back in a setting like this is, I've repented before. That can really hold people back. Like I've been to a conference and I've kind of enjoyed that spiritual wave, you know. I mean, I've done all this before. Like how can I do it again? If you're just willing, if you're just willing yeah, the Lord, He's preparing the church. Please come along. Please come along. Yeah, don't miss out because of carnality. In verse 8, uh, Jesus said to them, Ri- or him, rise, take up your bed and walk. The Lord will heal you, just like He healed him. In fact, the way the Lord healed Dan Williams is more radical than the way the Lord healed this man. This man got physical healing. Dan Williams got spiritual revival in a moment. We're going to look more at this tomorrow. What the biblical, like what happened to Dan is so clear in the scripture. And Lord willing, unless the Lord changes it, we'll look more at this tomorrow. Now, skip down to verse 16, if you would. You have this miraculous healing. And then I want to basically draw one point here from this next portion. And this is so essential for moving forward with the Lord, for working with the Lord. If you're taking notes, then jot down this little phrase. The way Christ approached ministry. The way Christ approached ministry. So you see this miraculous healing. The, the Jews got mad because he did it on the Sabbath. 
They come to him in verse 16. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I also have been working. So, so Christ, this is the way we started the week. Christ is the great worker. He's the one that's going to accomplish the victory in North America in the next generation. Amen? He's the great worker. My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he has is, he is not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. That's an incredibly important doctrinal point that we're not going to talk about today. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. Now, please pause. Please, for the glory of God in the next generation, pause and then highlight that, underline that, write in your notes, whatever. How did Christ approach ministry? Okay, and, and notice the phrase. The Son can do nothing of himself. Intimacy with the Father. Proximity with the Father. Love relationship with the Father. That's how Christ did it. If the second member of the Godhead found it necessary to operate his earthly ministry via intimacy, proximity, and love relationship, do you think such a pitiful little man like me would be smart to, to approach my service for God through intimacy, proximity, and love relationship as opposed to doing it on my own or operating as a servant rather than a bride, holding myself at a distance? Of course. So just notice it in the text. The text must speak of itself. I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. He was close enough to see the father. Intimacy, proximity, love relationship. When he saw the father working, he entered into it with the father. The son also does in like manner. Everything I'm saying is coming straight out of the text. This is the way Christ approached ministry. The Father loves the Son. There's love relationship. Intimacy, proximity, love relationship. What does that love relationship produce? He shows him all things. We talked about this yesterday, and I'm so happy to re-emphasize this from a different passage. When you walk intimately with the Lord in an unhindered way, he shares his mind and his heart with you. That is an unbelievable privilege. That is an unfathomable privilege. Be a friend of God. You're being invited to be a friend of God, to literally fellowship. Know how he feels, what he's thinking, what his plans are. Verse 21, the father raises the dead and gives life to them. Even so, the son gives life to whom he will. I think I, think I might stop there. Um, I mean, I, I have one more verse I want to show you in a few chapters later in John. But, but this, is, this is what the Lord has given me today. Um, I want to work with all of you. Will you let me make you well and fit for my army. 
Will, will you let me make you warrior worthy for what I have planned and for what's coming? For every warrior, for every New Testament soldier, however feeble, I am very feeble. For every warrior who is willing to let the Lord work in their life and to move forward under his banner, he says, notice how my son approached ministry. He approached ministry through intimacy with me, proximity to me, love relationship with me. We'll talk more about this on Friday, Lord willing. And then I want you to see it, uh, John 15, if you would, and we will end with this verse. John 15. In verse number 5, we didn't look at this verse yesterday. John 15 in verse number 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. That's what God wants for your life. For without me, this is Christ now talking to his disciples, Christ talking to people just like us. For without me, you can do what? Nothing. Yeah, it's so simple, but I, you must see it. The text must speak to your life, speak to your mind, speak to your heart. The text must change you. This is how the army of God is going to go forward in the next generation. Hudson Taylor once said of the people of God that they go forward on their knees. That's how we're going to go forward in the next generation. Some of you um, already this week, and please understand, I count this a tremendous honor. Some of you have told me you're leading um, compromised Christian lives. Thank you for the willingness to be forthright about things that are difficult to talk about. God is listening to everything that we're, that we're saying. He knows every thought in your mind. He knows every care of your heart. If God sees me different than I see me and he wants to do a work in my life, I offer my body as a living sacrifice to him. Every time he works in my life, it's, it, it's painful when you recognize things for an instant, but oh, you learn to trust the hand of God, don't you? God wants to do a work in us to prepare us. It's a preparatory work in Warren's ministry. Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. When the people were sanctified, there was victory in Jericho. When they weren't sanctified, there was defeat. Anybody sick of defeat? Anybody ready for victory? If this isn't, if this isn't appropriate, then God teach me. Um, but I'm going forward with Christ. And yes, I want everybody to come. I want as many people as, as possible to come. But I am not going back. 
And in that sense, I don't care. I'm going forward regardless of any circumstance. I know many of you feel that exact same way. So I'm going to take a liberty. Um, This is not something I normally do either. But um, would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? There are moments that define a life. And I know in the presence of the living God that this is his message for today, which means that, um, that he knows that this is what the people of God needed, at least for my part. So I just want to invite you uh, to do business with God here in this moment. Father, I, I, um, I, I confess that, that I don't do this. And so I don't know that I know how to do this. But I want to pray in the name of Jesus Christ that um, you would do business with the people and that the people would be open to you. Lord, perhaps some of them need to say, um, Lord, I'm in. Uh, perhaps they could just say with the Apostle Paul, in this moment present tense, I count as an act of my mind, as an act of my will, I count in the presence of God everything rubbish, dung, manure, compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Lord, all they have to really do is just say amen to that in the quietness of their own heart. Lord, uh, Luke 14, no one can be my disciple unless he forsakes all and follows me. I know, I know in your presence that there are things that need to be forsaken right now in this moment, in this circle. So I pray that you would do business with the people of God and that they would do business with you. Not as some emotional thing, not holding back because of fear. I've done that before. I've done that in the past. Your grace is so amazing, so victorious. You hear every heart. You hear every mind. Lord, I want want warriors. You hear my, my prayer pretty much daily. Raise up the warriors for the next generation form the teams for the cities, but it's so much bigger than that. Lord, I pray in this moment that you would overcome anything that's holding the people of God back from the blessing you long to pour into their lives. Death to self indeed feels like dying. I remember sitting in my office, Father, and and it felt like drowning in that moment giving up my will, giving up my ambition for ministry, really giving you everything. It felt like dying, and that's exactly what your word calls it. Please help my brothers and sisters to die to self in this moment.
Lord, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask that we would be a generation that would march forward under the banner of Jesus Christ. That we wouldn't just read about Jericho being conquered by God, but that we would actually see the Jerichos of our day fall by faith as we obey you, as we walk intimately with you, maintain close proximity, passionately pursue love relationship, and then overflow in fruitfulness. Thank you for the example of the way the Lord Jesus approached ministry. Please make us smart enough that we would approach it the way he approaches it. Lord Jesus, you're beautiful and you're gracious. You accepted a a pitiful little man like me and you're so hungry for every every warrior. You're doing a work this morning because of that. We We trust you to work in hearts and we love you. In Christ's name, amen.